I'm Fraser. I'm Harry. Uh, this podcast is basically to cover all fitness myths within the industry, stuff that you'd hear or see every day in social media, to help define basically kind of the stuff that's bullshit, that's overthought, to stuff that really actually does matter and condense all the information that's out there to be easily understood basically. Yeah, so our whole idea is is like just to simplify all the information that you see online because there is a lot of bullshit online. You're going to see so much stuff online. And when we spoke earlier, we spoke about the fact that there's just so much information in fitness that it's all just kind of crossing over each other and you're like, which right, which wrong, what stuff should I do? So we're going to kind of try and, as much as possible, make it as personalised as possible for everybody who listens, but also make you realise like, which stuff is absolute bullshit and what stuff you should actually really be listening to. Yeah. I think the biggest issue that we have in the fitness industry is that it's, it, Instagram and social media has been great because you get so much information. You, If you could follow so many different people involved in the fitness industry, get loads of information, but it's actually finding out what stuff is specific to you. Obviously with the Instagram algorithm, with everything like that, people obviously have to come up with short, sharp, snappy stuff that grabs your attention. But sometimes that information isn't actually going to be suitable for you per se. Yeah. You might not realise your actual situation or what is an important sacrifice to make or what isn't an important sacrifice to make. It, social media doesn't really make things specific to yourself and this is to maybe kind of give different aspects of when something would be or wouldn't be for you. Like Fraser just said, um, Instagram, TikTok, social media, you need to grab the attention quickly. So basically everything that you're seeing looks sexy online, but that isn't always the right kind of the right thing to do. A lot of the time the things that work best are the kind of fundamental stuff, the stuff from the very bottom, the easy stuff. And a lot of the time online you're seeing all this cool, cool stuff that looks cool and you're like, right, I'm gonna do that, but it's a lot of the time it's not the right thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> Fluffy exercises post by gym fit girls and usually involving bands around their legs and kickbacks on stairmasters <laughs> yeah somewhere <laughs> along them lines so we thought we'd start out because I've obviously got a following that might not know Harry Harry's obviously got a following that might not know me um, and we kind of basically introduce ourselves a little bit uh, and talk about why we wanted to get this started um, so what kind of fit experience do you have in the fitness industry but we're, we're, we're going to keep things as well to fitness industry because we are aware that we're both coaches that have done bodybuilding and we do not want to emphasize that this is just going to be a bodybuilding podcast what we in any way shape or form we want to make sure that this is something we talk about absolutely everything absolutely everything so we'll talk about everything experience wise that we have as well i've had quite a few different um experiences in the fitness industry so I'll take you right back to the very start. So the first thing I was into was martial arts. So um, jiu-jitsu, Thai boxing, boxing, mixed martial arts. I competed in most of those sports. Um, the way I kind of came into the fitness industry was I was, I was with the, let's put it politely here, I was fat, right? Um, <laughs> <laughs> we, we've all been there. We've all been there. I know. So I started off my fitness journey by just kind of losing a bit of weight, then that's when I went into martial arts. After that, I kind of, kind of dipped my feet in um, bodybuilding, really enjoyed the kind of grind to get from um, being 
at the end of your kind of bulk to being on stage um, and then from there on in um, we're here, I'm a PT, I'm coaching people to kind of go through the exact same process that I've been through but my typical kind of clientele would be your kind of typical lifestyle people who just want to kind of lose a wee bit of fat, get good for a holiday, um, big um, life events like weddings, holidays etc etc. What made you actually get into bodybuilding? We've not even talked about this, but what made you get into bodybuilding? <laughs> it's actually the pure weirdest thing ever. Um, so I actually wanted to build, this is actually hilarious when you think of the category that I actually went into. So when I get into um, bodybuilding, I get into bodybuilding so I want to build a big set of legs. So I messaged a coach from Glasgow. I'm not going to tell you who it is, so he's kind of got him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I initially messaged him, asked him to train me, get me a good big set of legs um, and then basically within about two or three months of training he's like you should jump on stage so I jumped on stage, it was a total fuck it moment but to be honest with you I'm so glad I did it because bodybuilding has the community alone, like I've, I've met so many people, I've met Fraser, I've met like so many people through bodybuilding and I'm so glad that I did get into it. Yeah, we've, we've competed against each other on stage. You were one of the first guys I ever competed against on stage. Everyone always thinks, like, oh, do you not have, like, mad beef? Because in their gym, like, who's it? also stepped on stage with Dallow and stuff like that. People yeah. always like to try and play, like, oh, there's no tension between you. And you're like, nah. He's literally just stand on stage and pose next to each yeah. other. It's not a boxing fight. Nah, I know, I know. It's not like his attitudes if we want to murder each other. I know. Like, maybe, maybe on show days. Like, I remember when me and Dylan, uh, when we were doing the Scottish, uh, on show day, there was a little bit of like, we were having a little bit of back and forth, but you could tell it was like a bit of banter as well Aye. at the same time. I remember going like, size doesn't always win it. And it was like, I remember him always saying that. I thought you said that phrase about eight times during that day as well. It was oh, hilarious. But, that's funny, man. Huh? But it's like, uh, like you said, like you, you, you just banter with people. It's a good laugh. You have a bit of fun, do you know what I mean? So it's, that's what it's all about. Like, I think like when it comes to bodybuilding, compared to quite a lot of other sports that I've done, um, the guys who do good in bodybuilding, let me just make sure I put them that kind of category of people that I'm speaking about right now. They tend to be the most humble, like good guys to kind of have a bit of fun with and have a laugh with and things yeah. like that. It's usually people who don't do well that are dicks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they spit, they spit the dummy at the pram and stuff right. like that. They, the, the, there is the, that, that, that's that common misconception that like, oh yeah, the fitness, like bodybuilding, getting an eating disorder, ruin my, my relationship with my body and stuff like that. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen, it definitely does happen, there is people that happens to, but it's also like, I would agree that I think bodybuilding is one of the best things I've ever got into, I love it. It's absolutely amazing. I have a better relationship with food than I know, like 99% of people have. Yep, agreed. But that's obviously because your image of yourself is a lot stronger than those other people before you started and now as well. Yeah, it's because who was I was talking to because um, one of the guys, James Murphy, that like Andy's client competes outside a big class bodybuilder, his girlfriend works in mental health as well and uh, was talking about how there's actually like a fine line that like the research that in bodybuilding is a different mindset to like eating disorders and stuff. Um so <laughs> sharp. Um it is it's actually a different mindset, but it is a very fine line yeah. and it's just it's so easy to cross over, that's the risk. That's the risk. Um but if you can keep a solid mindset about it and not get too bogged down about things. <laughs> 
I hope you can hear Rio in the background because we're not laughing about eating disorders or anything like that. Yeah, we should we're emphasize that. Because my dog is just in the background going absolutely mental right what now. What attention. Um, so, obviously, we've established that you've kind of been into bodybuilding as well. What other aspects of fitness have you been into? So, I originally started out as a swimming coach. Uh, working with... <laughs> did you know that? <laughs> no. Uh, actually, I worked with like um, like proper kids and stuff like that, learning how to swim. Uh, I've been working with them doing that since I was, was doing that at the age of about 16. And uh, by the time I got to 19, I fucking hated it. Mm. I, 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 I don't like working with kids that much. Um, I don't did, have the patience for it. No, I did a... So see when I did college, I did an HNC Fitness Health. And we yeah, had to go... Coaching. It wasn't even, it was, it was fitness, health, exercise, but we went up and did a PE class for Gorbals. Like, what, I don't know if it's like Gorbals play. Is it Blackfriars? I don't know, mate. But basically, um, they made us play like, they a PE class for a P5 and a P7. And at that point, I realised I never in my entire life <laughs> why I work with kids ever again. If that's the way they are, when they're supposed to be having fun, having like, a PE class, what the fuck are they like in a fucking classroom? Hey, I, I swear, I think it must have been the same school that we went to because that was honestly the same thing. If it was Blackfriars Primary School, I had a teacher, I've got a client right now that's a teacher there, and who talks to me, she's like, I brought this up, she was like, and how did you find it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it was a bit rough. There was a class of 15 of us trying to control a class of 30, and we didn't think there was enough people. There was like two lassies in my class. Um, Monique and Sarah, I can actually remember to them, and they were pure like, is it maternal, is that any order you use? Yeah. Women who are supposed to be mothers to even when they've not even got weighings, right? I was so glad that they were in my class, because if they weren't in my class, we would have been fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Oh, man. But yeah, so I, I worked in Sun, um, got into personal training just because I realised I wanted to work more with adults. I enjoyed also doing a lot more land training because I've been involved, I've been training as well in the gym for like years as well by that point. Um, and yeah, developed things from just kind of working with gen pop. I still mostly work with gen pop. I do have a good mix now of like quite experienced clients um, all the way up to competing yeah. and stuff like that, like, like yourself. But uh, I only I don't push that as like me being like on my prep coach, even though I've done that. Anybody that I've done that with is like yourself. Like I've actually got, already got an established relationship with, whether it be I've done photo shoot preps with them and stuff like that before, and then it's a case of okay, cool. I know I can coach you to that level. Yeah, yeah. Taking someone that I don't know and you don't know how they're going to react. It's crazy. It's actually, crazy. like I seen a thing on Instagram the other day, and it was like the perfect prep client, and it was like somebody who's trained for three years, somebody who's done a hard diet. Um, somebody who there was another couple of things I'm like that's so ideal because yeah. I've took people on to do shows who just came straight in like I don't even know how long they've been training for and stuff like that but I've taken them straight on to a prep and like they had an absolute nightmare yeah do you know what I mean it's like yeah. that you need to be have a very very like strong foundation before you start a prep and if you're somebody listening to us and you're maybe thinking of doing a prep make sure you've done a fucking hard diet yeah. As in 16 to 20 weeks of hard diet. I'd agree with that massively. And also two to three years of hard training and also being in a surplus at some point. Because when it hits that kind of getting ready for a stage, it's going to be fucking hard. And you need to give yourself the kind of best chance possible before kind of moving on. But we're not making us a bit bodybuilding. So yeah. Talking about. yeah, I was um, actually about to say. But <laughs> let's move on from that. Yes. Um, so, um, Fraser... 
all the clients you've worked with, what's your top three client achievements? Or even like your top top two or three, just the top, the first top that come to your head. Three clients, this, uh, this, this is a hard one, because there's three that stand out, kind of, for very different reasons. First one, I would go with, first one in order I would say was Shannon, client, she came to me, she was uh, really overweight, but she, the main issue for her was like she had two absolutely ruined knees. She had an operation on one of them and she was expected to get an operation on the other, but the recovery time she gained a load of weight and uh, we had to get her to lose weight, get her moving, but she could really do it because of her yeah. knees. We had to rehab the knees and help her lose weight and she ended up losing a furious amount. But then we got to the point that she didn't need the surgery on the other knee because we rehabbed it that well. Brilliant, that's amazing. And then uh, other one, Romy works in the gym. Yeah. Because uh, it's not, it not even a year ago, she came to me last November, we were talking about this, and she'd been a, like a recluse for years. Oh, really? Years and years and years. She, had, she, she said, she, one thing she told me is that uh, one time she, like, after we'd started, she bumped into our neighbours. Our neighbours had no idea who she was. Oh my god. Uh, so, yeah, we started together. Um, it's actually funny to say that because, like, Anytime, I hope she listens back to us. Um, anytime I see her in the gym, like we chat for ages, like we, we talk about it, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, she's, she, you would never ever like think of No, of, no, no, like, no. Just based on the year, year how much she's changed, the year how much she's changed is mind blowing. Uh, that's genuinely the one I was going to shout from the roof about because that one's like one of those ones you, you morally feel like, ah, that's amazing. Yeah, that how much she's changed because she went from. The first time we had the consultation that her brother was there and stuff like that because she was so anxious stuff like about how to get to the gym and now you can't get out of the gym. Like nice, she's, nice. She's, she works there now, like she's loved it that much. She's like working in there, still PT and stuff like that. She's socialising so much more. So the gym, it was a diff, these are two, the, the, so far they're two examples about like obviously how different people need the gym and yeah. stuff like that. But she got so much out of it for a completely different oh, reason. Yeah. 100%. Sometimes um, it's not even like a, a physical thing, it's just like a mental or lifestyle thing. Yeah, yeah. And another one, bodybuilding, probably Larissa. I was going to say. Getting a second place the other week. I was going to say, like, we said we were only going to talk about bodybuilding then, and I was like, as soon as I said talk to your clients, a bodybuilder was going to get mentioned. Yeah, so a bodybuilder, you can't, you can't not. Alright, I know. It's one of the things, like, when you do that with a client, because as you say, we're not prep coaches, like, yeah. I, I never take a client straight in and do a prep. Yeah. This is the fact that I've like, she started out, progressed up, and she got second in the show as a incredible one. Incredible for the first season. Yeah. Um, so, my top three, I'm not going to go like third, second, first, I'm just going to just go right in it. I think I'm going to just categorise the first one um, just because it's two bodybuilding clients. So, Stu Taylor, obviously, he's done absolutely amazing. So many second places, we still need a first place for him. <laughs> but. Um, I'm so proud of him. Um, a client who I prepped in 2019, 2018, Tony McCurdy, she won the UK UP oh, yeah. figure and also took second at PCA Scotland as well. So those were two like really amazing ones for me. I had a friend called um, Claire, Claire McCurdy. She came to me right at the very, very, very beginning, first client ever. <clears throat> came to me and says, Hi Luke, I've seen your transformation. I've seen that you could lose weight. Can you help me? I helped her and I've actually got a picture um, of a coat hangers and it's like size 24, 22, 24, 22, 26, uh, 26, going up with me, uh, 24 all the way down to a size 10, 
Um, she lost a hundred pounds, which was an absolutely fucking ridiculous transformation. Um, <coughs> a co-hanger transformation. I know. It's amazing, <laughs> me honestly. It was like a first ever before and after. It was like before, before and afters were like pure. This thing that just is normal. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. Like it just kind of they just kind of kicked off. This was like ten years ago. Um, third one. I'm not going to mention the client's name. It was somebody who tried to commit suicide several times. She was on all sorts of medication. And I took her through a journey that eventually she ended up. Um, she never had to go and see her um, psychologist. She never had to. <laughs> Sorry, bad time sneeze. <laughs> she didn't have to go and see any of her help or anything like that. She was at all her meds and everything, and like she kind of was at a, like a mental health place that was a lot better than where she was before she came to me. And I always say, like, Whenever a client comes to any PT, they should always leave better than they kind of came. So yeah. that was pretty cool. That's, that's, a good thing. that's one thing that you and me, it's came more to light in the last two years. I'd say lockdown, lockdown was a big eye opener for people because we realised, well, we've all been hiding mental health issues. Oh, but yeah. in lockdown, you couldn't, you really couldn't escape them better. Because you and me, we both signed up. We were one of the first to do the mental health and exercise. I we were the first in Glasgow to get yeah. it. That was huge eye opener. Because uh, I remember I seen it, I, like, I, I said to Aubrey, I was like, do you want to do this? Yeah. Like, let's do it, man. Yeah, I was looking over what it covers and stuff like that. Um, that, that that's one of those uh, uh, courses that I definitely feel that I've ended up utilising what I've learned and that the most with clients. Like, just wee subtle things like that I actually feel like Aye. I definitely, definitely, definitely implement what I did in that. Uh, like it's just identifying like all sorts of like kind of different mental health issues like even like low periods of mental health like just identifying that somebody is isn't they like as happy as they were before do you know what I mean and you can yeah. you can kind of nail right down on it do you know what I mean one thing I love about it is it it's taught me how to like you don't just give clients the answer you can like you could it's taught me like how I can just ask them certain questions and almost make the like guide them towards the answer but makes them realise it themselves. Aye, and aye. Because of that, they take it in so much better than just being told, you need to do this, you need to yeah. do that, or this is the issue. You ask them questions about it. It's like the typical shit coach that goes, oh, you had the bad week? Did you follow the plan? No, follow the plan. Like, yeah. no, that doesn't work, mate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, these people's heads are fucked. Like, we need to do a better job of identifying that it's not just a case of following the plan, but actually teaching them like different habits and mindset skills that allow them to actually follow the plan or maybe you need to take a, a, a new route, do you know what I mean? Um, I feel like a lot of the guys that I coach that come to me have been to other coaches and they'll say to me, oh, I worked with X, Y and Z coach and they've been like, I didn't follow the plan. They'd be like, oh, well, you need to follow the plan. That's like literally the worst coaching yeah. advice on the planet. Yeah. Whenever, I always emphasise this to clients, whenever I give them a plan, you should not be married to anything on that plan as a coach. Like when we give someone a plan, it should be okay. This is what I think is going to work with you. We need to get feedback though. We need to see what does and doesn't work. Yeah. It needs to be. You need to tell me like, look, this isn't working for me because then that's what actually makes a plan bespoke. It's not like oh, I've made the exercises specific to you because you sit at a desk all day and you work in an office. Fuck that. It's like, what's their habits? What do they enjoy? Yeah. Like, what do you need to include? What is and isn't working for them? Is the training volume too high? Is it too advanced? Is it too often per week? Like, yeah. all these things need to be taken into consideration. And 
you I wouldn't say you get a proper bespoke plan until you're about a month in. I think it's like your initial program that you get from a coach. I mean, unless you have a crazy, a crazy amount of like, um, a crazy amount of level in your initial consultation. If you're speaking to somebody, you need you need to speak to them for about two hours to get everything that you would need to make a bespoke plan from right from the get go. So like like you said, it's like to start off with, it's a bit of a kind of a template almost. And then we kind of work off of that, we work off of feedback, and then we kind of start to change and tweak things as and when we need to, to make sure it does become like the perfect plan for them. Because at the end of the day, we all know what a perfect plan is, and it's the one that they can follow. I've, been, I mean? I've been so bad with consultations recently. Like, like literally, the consultations are the reason why I sometimes think I've got ADHD. <laughs> like, like I, I set aside like even schedule up my diary like half an hour oh. uh, for like a consult because that's like that's more than enough time to do it it's not and, enough but mate, mate I am going well over an hour just sat down trying to get to know these people I mean it's good because you get to know and you actually like I, I do come away with like okay this is a much better plan for you because I actually know you a lot better from yeah. that chat but sometimes man you end up down a side street like with, with a chat like you're no, going off topic I know it's like like you get the coaches who it's like, right, what's your goal? Fat loss. What do you do as a job? This is my job. And then maybe another two or three questions. I'm like, how are you making this guy a fucking baseball plan yeah. back at, right? Yeah. You're pressing command C and command V and sending that straight to him. Yeah. You took a, you took Paul's plan and sent it to John. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nutrition so and training. <laughs> it's so true, but it's so true that is definitely what happens. I know. Um, so the next question is: is what is your what's your kind of current personal fitness goal right now? Pers personal for me, uh, obviously. I mean, we're bringing back up bodybuilding's back again. I know, but uh, next year I want to win. That's yeah. like I've had two seconds, two thirds, two fourths. This year, ideally two firsts. Yeah. Um, but that's my goal this year. That that's person to me. I don't coach clients for that. Yeah, yeah. Even, yeah. even though I'm bodybuilding, I hate bodybuilding. Coach people that do bodybuilding themselves feel that they need to coach all their clients bodybuilding. I say like don't. Everyone, their clients are on bro split. Even my bugs. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's on bro split. You're on bro split. You're on bro split. Yeah. You're on bro. <laughs> none, none of them ever do any running or hit uh, or anything like that. Like that's never prescribed. It's like just because like as bodybuilders, right? We're obviously heavier guys, right? So if we go out run. It's going to be quite sore because we're heavy, right? Yeah. Maybe I'm going to my kids. Yeah, that's what I was to say. Man, those, fuck that, those kite. Wasn't was the coach that he was like, tag five, the five, 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 run five. Man, I'd done that because I was locked down and I'd literally just came off prep. So I was light. Uh, Man, that, I'd done it, I'd done it in like, I remember it was like 32, 33 minutes and I was pure proud about that. Do you remember there was my people? God, that was awful. It was awful. That was a warm summer. Do you remember those people cheating their numbers? Yeah, it was like <laughs> breaking the five k world record. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's so funny. Like, uh, we fucking Mary man. Like, she goes to the gym maybe twice a week. That's about it. But she's like, she's running a five k in like fourteen minutes. Bro, you're at it, man. Yeah. You're absolutely at it. Bullshit. Uh, Bullshit. It was pure shin splints for days, mate. I done mine in a pair of vans. Yeah, I think I've done That's the summer. biggest rookie error any yeah. person has ever done, ever. Yeah, I had knee pain for ages. I had access to a gym 
for a wee bit during that lockdown. Did that you lie illegal? No. <laughs> no, I won't say what gym it was, but I had to skip training because my body was so sore from it. Was it even just my knees, but like my shoulders and, and core and that were bloody killing me, but... Lower back, knees, yeah. ankles, hips, honestly. Like, I if I always say, like, see people who end up injuring themselves with, like, going out runs and stuff like that, it's because they haven't consistently run all their life. And you can bring it back in again, because obviously I'll explain later, but like I'm going, I'm back into running again, and like my body's fine. And yeah, because you're... What's your goal? So, my goal is... So, I've went back to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. So, um, last year, I achieved the goal that I wanted to achieve, which is Fraser's goal, which is um, to win a show, um, which I'm absolutely 100% sure he's going to do this year. Um, and then... Um, I decided to go back to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu um, because, to be honest, I like choking people. It's fun. Like, <laughs> it's good. See when you're on top of something and you just choke them. It's just it's, it's class. It's, it's, more than, like, it's more than just a kink. I'm so, I'm saying so, I'm a really bad person right now. Like, I like I like making you feel as if you're a bit suffocate. But <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like for me, like I came second overall in an Edinburgh the Edinburgh Open like in 2013 or something like that. So it's kind of a personal goal for me to win that. Hopefully this year, we'll see what happens. Um, it's in November, but we'll see what happens. So that's my current goal right now. Cool. What is the number one piece of advice you've ever received? And if you can remember who it was for who was it for Um Live, laugh, love. <laughs> <laughs> Such an important bit of advice, I've got it on the toilet now. <laughs> <laughs> um, nah, it's for me, and it's 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 not just about the scene. It's more a case of like how it makes you have the outlook for it. But it was probably my old coach uh, Andy Scott when I spoke to him about how much I was struggling on my first prep, and it wasn't more a case of he's like he said embrace the struggle, and we we spoke about it a little bit more. But what he basically meant by that was like try not to think of the struggle as a negative. Try and think of it as a positive. If you're struggling, what does that mean? That it means it's it's working right now. What yeah. we're doing is working. Yeah. Um, you are going to be progressing more. It means the next time you're checking in, you're going to be better. Yeah. Now, obviously what I was experiencing struggle-wise was a lot more severe than what I'd say a gem pop client has to go through. Yeah. But it, the, the key matters of what he was meaning and stuff like that I think is really, really, really important. Because you can still apply that across the board for anything. It's like people are like, oh, I'm quite hungry this week. And I'm like, you're never, you are going to go through phases of hunger when you're losing weight. Like the, yeah. the, the people turning and saying, oh, if you're hungry, you should be eating is absolute bullshit. We have this weird kind of attitude towards ever being hungry as if it's a bad thing. You should normalize it a little bit more. You should be hungry at phases. And if you are, try and think of it more positively. Don't think of it as a panic. Like, oh my God, I'm struggling so much. So I think, cool, I'm struggling a little bit, or if I'm struggling a lot, cool, I'm going to be making progress towards my goal. Yeah, um, like at the end of the day, like, if you're bringing in less energy, than, if you're putting out more energy than you're bringing in, like, it's an actual trig a trigger, a cure, whatever you want to call it, to let you know that what you're doing is the right thing. Yeah. Um, and you're going to be hungry, right? It, it is, it's one of the ones, like, you kind of need to, I hate the phrase man up, right? Because it's used quite badly, but you do need to kind of man up a wee bit when it comes to keep these kind of things. Suck it, suck it up. Suck it up. Princess. No, because I was going to call me a, 
we call it misogynist for that. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is one of those bits where like, we'll edit that out. <laughs> so, another one piece of advice I received was from um, my old business partner and coach, Ian. Um, uh, Jiu-Jitsu coach. And he basically says to me one day, just turn up. Doesn't matter how you're feeling. Doesn't matter if you're injured. Doesn't matter. Like, literally doesn't matter. So I would basically, and I, I got a really bad knee injury. This was when the conversation happened. And he says, look, just turn up. Don't like, don't stress over anything else. Literally just sit at the side of the mat and watch. Because what's going to happen is if you're still in that routine of sitting, watching, um, watching people compete and you're still in a routine, uh, sorry, training, you're still in a routine of turning up to that these class times, you're still technically going to be in your routine and you're never going to have to kind of like come away from the routine and bring it back again because the hardest part of like getting back into any sort of training after an injury or in at all, even a bad weekend, it's just like trying to get your routine back and if you don't ever need to worry about your routine going off, then you don't need to worry about getting back at it again, which is the best bit of advice I've ever received because I've stuck to it. Any injuries I've ever had, in at all, if I, would, if I went to the gym, I'd just go in and do a bit of, but I um, go a treadmill walk or whatever, so I'm still technically in the gym when I usually would be in the gym. What's one of the two things that you wish you knew right at the start of your fitness career, your bodybuilding career, like whatever, like right at the very start, if you, if there's one thing that you've been doing for a couple of years right at the start, you knew you shouldn't have been doing it and it could have changed things, like what do you wish you knew? More of a case is, is something that I would say I still see people have this common misconception as well. Uh, I want to get big, but I don't want to get too big. As if it's as if it's that easy. Oh my god. As if it's that fucking easy. I know. <laughs> um, no, I, I think everyone when you initially get into it think that oh yeah, like I, I'm really going to get consistent with this. If I go for this, man, I reckon I could be really big like, in no time. And you think it's like easy as hell. Like, oh yeah, as long as I just protein bro, uh, eat, and, and dirt, dirty bulk. Do you know, like, so I think one of the biggest reasons this is a, a, a misconception, right? And I'll tell you why. So... It's really, I think, because nobody knows how many Instagram influencers are just taking a bunch of gear. Oh, mate. <laughs> oh, my God. So, like, most guys and women at some point, the percentage has got to be extremely high with this kind of stuff. Yeah. They've done a fat loss or a weight loss, like, um, phase or whatever you want to call it, right? So, maybe spent 12 or 14, 16 weeks doing, like, weight loss, right? 12 to 14, 16 weeks, right? Just, let's just, whatever the amount of weeks is, one pound, right? So, in 16 weeks, you can lose 16 pounds, right? Which is, I don't think that's that hard, to be honest. Mm -hmm. that's that's that. um, so, then, they think that when it comes to building muscle, it's reversed. So they think, right, if I can lose 16 pounds in weight when doing a diet, then that must mean that when it comes to building muscle, I can put 16 pounds of muscle on. Now see, I was obviously experienced in doing like kind of hypertrophy training, but building we, our we, bodies and stuff. We literally, well, you, you, not, you not so much just now, but literally our lifestyle is, I want more muscle on my body. Yeah. And it's like, we live and breathe it. Whether yeah. it be eating food all the time, training as hard as we possibly can, we will make adaptions in our life to enable us to gain more muscle and it's when you step on stage and you're like after all of committing life to it and you're like two pounds up in last year and, year. <laughs> and, and that's it year. you put two pound on in a year and to be honest with you in a, to, in a physique that's already kind of pretty well built that is quite a lot yeah but like most guys don't realise like, this is I think as well like, I know we're kind of going on a wee bit here but like one of the most humbling things that you can ever do is, is at the end of a bulk is 
diet right down to like single digit body fat because you look at your arms and you're like fuck they're not around here as big as I thought they were yeah. that's, that's not that that's not the amount of muscle I thought I had your legs I mean my legs stay lean on your room but I know a lot of guys should get kind of bigger legs but they come right in and then they see them and they're like okay I've got anywhere near the size of legs as I thought I had yeah. chest, shoulders, everywhere and it is such a humbling experience I think every guy should probably go through it to realise look that's how much muscle you've got mm. and this is what you need to work on yeah but again we should say that specifically if that is something you want to work on okay. it doesn't have to be like all guys should do this at some point well, it's a case of like, like if, if your goal is to gain as much muscle as possible you want to do that the diet down is also part of that like you want you don't want to be like as big possible and overweight and yeah. really you can't see your abs and stuff like that if you want muscle in your body you want to be able to at least show it off yeah uh, so you should do that at some point i think like that you can't really i mean i know this is probably one that a lot of people would say but you can't really train a bad diet right um because when i first started i was doing like it was ridiculous what i was doing right at the start I was doing like, I was in a gym like two and a half hours a day, I was lifting weights, um, I was doing lots and lots of cardio, and I thought that if I was doing hit, and then I was burning more calories, I was burning more fat, I also believed that my heart rate needed to be like 160, because that's the fat burning zone, and if I wasn't in that zone, then I wasn't burning any fat. Now when I look back on all that stuff, as a normal person who wants to lose a bit of weight, or a bit of fat, or whatever, like none of my clients, they'll, be, they'll barely be in that kind of heart rate, kind of that 160 beats per minute or 180 beats per minute um, heart rate place because you don't need to train your heart to that level to burn fat as long as you're in the gym you're moving a bit more you're lifting weights you're going to look fucking better I'd say the other thing as well is, is the cardio the other thing that kind of they kind of connect to me but is that cardio is better for weight loss than yeah. Um, lifting weights and I totally believed that I was smashing like I was training for an hour lifting weights like when I say lifting weights I was doing what probably the traditional person does when they get into a gym bouncing from machine to machine so you go shoulder press we shoulder press here a wee lap pull down here a wee leg press here like not got a fucking clue how many reps to do how many sets to do just until it's sore um, and I never really prioritised lifting weights I just prioritised smashing cardio but what you don't realise is is both of them probably burn the same amount, like, they probably both burn the same amount of calories, um, roughly, but the one thing that lifting weights will do that, um, is grow muscle, is will grow muscle, you'll look fucking better when there's no fat there, basically, or you'll look bigger and better by just lifting weights. Um, the more muscle you have, the more calories you need, yeah. just to function, so a good way of basically achieving a more balanced, better outlook in life is actually just to have more muscle in your frame. If you are somebody that struggles and is around like a guy or a girl or whatever like that and you're on quite low food, whether it be like if you're a guy, your maintenance is 2,200 calories. Yeah. Like, when you think about it, if you go out and you're socialising like have alcohol or you're going for a pizza, Domino's pizza, it's not far off 2,000 calories in itself. But if you put a couple of pounds more muscle on, your body's actually able to handle food yeah, so yeah. much better because the demands it actually has. Yeah. Last question. Well, Last just... question. I will let you go first. You're the most tragic pet peeve in the fitness industry. Um, we've obviously spoken about how social media has, just for clickbait or getting attention and stuff like that, generalises everything so you can get as much traffic to your page and stuff like that as possible. But everyone always seems to preach one way. Right, so you, we, we, we spoke about perfect example of a person that does this, but like you always tend to find people either always preach or flexible dying 
or bodybuilding or CrossFit or it's one thing or exercise should be your men all about your mental health like like they're all important yeah they are all important it's my biggest pet peeve is when I see one coach that should be in like pretty intelligent. I mean, some coaches man have PhDs and shit. Yeah. And then they just preach one way, and I'm like, you, you're missing the bigger picture. Yeah. Like, you and me could probably get away with intuitive eating because we have tracked or monitored our food intake for years. I've got a massive understanding yeah. of like how it works. Yeah, we could guesstimate stuff pretty well, but your average person couldn't do that. That's something you, you kind of a skill you acquire. Do you know what I feel like? It's like, like I feel like it's like. You turn around and go like that, and you're right, Harry, we're going to do something to your car, but I'm not going to give you any instructions. But expecting me to know how to do it. Yeah. I feel like intuitive eating is kind of similar to that because when you track, you've got the instructions where you understand, right, okay, you've got certain, like, you've got certain goals that you know that you don't need to pass, you know how much is in each food. So that's the instructions, right? But then if you take all that away for someone who's never tracked before, they've not got the, they've, they've not got the knowledge, they've not got the instructions. So... Yeah. You're kind of almost like sending them to a black hole. Ah, I mean? Yeah, no, no, hundred percent. But it's the same thing though. You take it across the board with anything. Like people, one thing. Uh, as much as we were just talking about how people are like, important your mental health is, you also get these mental health coaches that are like, stop focusing on checking in about how your maybe your body's progressing, focusing on how your mind's progressing and how you're feeling, and that is a important part. But fucking. Shit, oh man, some people just want to fucking look better. I know. Like, like, like that's alright. Like, if you want to look better, try and look better. Your mental health might be actually, like, that That could actually just be a legitimate reason as to why your mental health is struggling. Yeah. Why are you struggling? Well, I feel fat. I don't like myself. Like, I, I don't, when I go out, or like, especially if you're single. Yeah. And you hate yourself. Like, it has an impact on everything. Do you know, I actually had a funny conversation with my client, literally, like, a couple of hours ago today, and he was like, <clears throat> um, he was talking about how, like, he got shredded and him and his missus ended up finishing on all that, right? And how he was pulling boards because he was shredded. And I says to him, do you know what, though? I says, you weren't pulling boards because you were shredded. It wasn't that they liked that you were shredded. I says, you had a different character you were more confident you were a better version of yourself because you were in a better shape yeah so therefore you want to scale to go up and talk to different lassies yeah you want to scale to go up and like make these different decisions because you had this kind of certain level of confidence that you didn't have when you were overweight and yeah. you were heavier and it's like 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 you say there like sometimes dropping half a half a stone might be the biggest most amazing thing that you could have ever have done and it may actually change your whole life mm-hmm. but there's coaches who either tell you oh, don't worry about losing weight and all that like yeah. it's on your head and all that blah 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 like there's different aspects to everything, and I think like some people may be better off with the whole, no, the whole thing in their head. Hundred percent. It's a, it's it's different people require have different needs. Yeah. Like there is an overwhelming amount of people I would say that just literally want to like their their mental health isn't actually that bad. It's just they just want to fucking feel and look better. That's it. Yeah. That which is completely okay. But there's also people that, on the flip side of that, do put pressure on trying to look better and they think that that's the reason why yep. their mental health is shit. What that takes is a skilled coach to actually be able to identify that and challenge them on it and basically make sure that they're okay with it. Like, what direction they're going to go down. It's not just one approach. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, you also see these coaches that turn around and say, or oh, you commit to like six months and prioritizing your mental health, like doing the stuff that you enjoy and stuff that you'll feel so much, and you're going to look so much better. 
like if you're gonna look so much better, like you you also need to be basically like either in a calorie deficit of some sort. And how are you gonna do that when you're just oh you you're not gonna focus on a calorie deficit, you're gonna focus on your mental health. How the I genuinely, I genuinely think like the only time that um, the only time that you get leaner and feel worse about yourself is if you have been absolutely fucking like so restricted for months on end and months and months and months, right? But a good coach, what they will do with somebody is is will get them in good shape without getting them without making them restricted. Without, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's it. If you if you're trying, if your goal is generally just to look weight. You're like, oh, should I cut out alcohol? No, mm-hmm. no. That's and that's coming from two guys that stepped on stage. Like we are turning around and saying, you do not need to be cutting out drastic things weekly. Like the best way I can sum up dieting is: don't think of foods that are good. Don't think of foods that are bad. Don't think of healthy and unhealthy. It is equations. Yeah, that is literally it. It's like it's just maths equations. You need to hit this target. Okay, two things that are unnegotiable are your calorie target and your protein target. Yeah. Okay, carbs and fats. Pen and paper don't really matter whatsoever. Yeah. Um, if you've tracked alcohol, if you've tracked food that's out, okay, just make sure you're organized, plan ahead. That's the best way to ensure that this method works. But if you do that, there is no reason as to why you can't enjoy them. Yeah. That's going to teach you better skills for maintaining your actual results. Yeah. Okay. The only time that you should be making drastic decisions like I'm going to cut out maybe takeouts, I'm going to cut out drinking, is if you have got a really serious like, goal, whether it be a photo shoot prep or a on-stage show or something like that, like, 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 where you're actually pushing your body to the limits, where you need to be prioritising your sleep, your recovery, like all these things that really, really, really matter, and then and, and your digestion, because obviously... Eating out, that can affect your yeah. digestion. Yeah. Alcohol affects you for a few days, usually like your training ability, recovery, yeah, yeah. your sleep. That's when these things matter. But yeah. if you're just trying to lose a few pounds, it doesn't fucking matter. Just like do it whilst enjoying your life, like do yeah. like, like 20% less than you're already doing. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean, like, but like, as I said, like the only people who come away from like, um, like f- having a leaner physique and looking better and actually feeling worse about themselves <clears throat> is usually people who have cut out like fun shit, they've cut alcohol, they've cut it night suit, they've cut out pretty much absolutely everything that they've needed to do. Yeah. All the, all the stuff that they've been doing all their life. Um, they've restricted their diet, they've been eating like fuck all calories. Like, they fucking wanna, you feel the way you feel. They fucking yeah. wanna, you're unhappy because you've literally got rid of all the fun shit and you've totally restricted absolutely everything. It's the same people that just sit and eat fucking white chicken, white rice, and fucking broccoli and their seasoning is a wee bit of salt. Do you know what? There's nothing wrong with food and all the builders that do that. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. <laughs> um, so, mine's. Um, I've actually. I've had a good bit. Of, I've had a lot of thinking about this. And it needs to be this one. It's. It's going to be the deadlift, right? And it's coaches who record the clients deadlifting. But a client's form, they literally look like a hunchback in Notre Dame or a yeah. dog. My dog looks as if they're posh. My dog's posture's better taking a shit than a lot of these um, coaches' clients, right? And it sounds bad on their client, right? But it's them. They are the problem here. Like, if you're if you're going to be videoing your client, like, doing an exercise, right? Like, it, at least make sure that their form's on point, right? And I, I mean, like, it, there could be a wee bit here and there where it's, like, maybe, like, say 80-90% good, right? But see when it's like 50, there's like so many things wrong, they're lifting too much weight, their back is like 
I fucking see. There's so many things that's wrong about it. I'm like, I'm watching it and it kills my soul. And it honestly, it really, really fucking infuriates me. It's the one thing that triggers me more than maybe like people pushing me on their legs when they like press. Actually, that's close. But no, um, I'd, I'd say dead. I agree with you. Deadlifts and more specifically, I think you could turn around and say that about like the general rule of thumb is that. PTs that are watching their clients with bad form and they're not correcting them. Aye. But the deadlifts is the pinnacle of the worst one because it is the highest risk movement you could basically do. I know. Like you, one fuck up and it's whole slip discs. I know. It's it's just like there should literally be like a law for personal trainers that if they are if they get caught video on their client and they're back in straight. But they should get a fine. Yeah. Like a even just a wee fifty quid fine, right? <laughs> just it doesn't need to be something mental like five hundred or anything like that, right? Fifty quid fine for every single time, every single rep, actually. Right? <laughs> every single rep. So Because they always film and they're like, oh that's good, good rep, Aye. keep it up, keep it up. And you're like, no. Aye. It's and not. Do, and do you know what? An extra fifty quid on top of each rep for every time they say that's a good rep, when it's not a fucking good rep. Yeah. <laughs> every time every time I've seen one thing I've picked massive pet peeve as well we're going to this we're, this is we've timed this badly because we put this at the end we're going to ramble on for ages see fucking PTs that have got their clients trying to squat heavy with a bar pad on oh. and then they're like squatting halfway down back and back up and they're like good and you're like no that weight is obviously too heavy the bar pad was never ever ever fucking created for squats why can you not realise this so <clears throat> you get a low bar squat, so it's obviously like you think of your traps, right? So you're kind of lower down your traps, right? That's where a low bar squat is. And then you get a high bar squat at the top of your back, right? And then you get the fucking... You've got this pad that's like sitting at the very top of your neck, right? And the, like, the very, very top bit, the most the part of your neck that's probably most fragile for something to like hit against it or whatever. And it just brings the top of the neck into this kind of C position. Is that a C? Aye, it's like a C in it. Your neck goes like that. Um, and it's just... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know man, it looks like a fucking <laughs> It just brings the neck into this mad crazy horrible position where it's so easy for if you think you're sitting on a gravity of the weight for the weight just to kind of like push you forward into the rack. No, no, that's what it does you know though, it's because you push the bar up higher when you squat and hinge, Aye. the centre of gravity is, is further out so you, you're basically going to tip more. You are actually making the squat harder for your client. Like it's all oh. keep cool and saying like oh but it hurts their back. Well, then you might just need to work in the uh, at the rate that they're actually back and handle the weight. I know, and it's like there's a lot of other things that you can do. Like you can take them into like a, a Smith machine or whatever, with a thinner part, with a thinner bar. If it's like maybe the bar that's annoying or whatever, but like getting them that like pad, it's just going to like it's just going to make them off balance. I'm not going to be able to squat right. It also that change in centre of gravity also I would say probably changes the actual part of the leg that the um the squat's working and things like that yeah to a certain degree um it's just like mate like fucking do a couple of fucking shrugs man yeah no <laughs> like the people people always just for some reason think that they need to barbell squat in some way there is no difference between a machine and a free weight even if it's a yeah. case of you went into a hack squat or a v squat or pendulum or whatever whatever kind of squat variation if it's on a machine that is not worse there's so many reasons why people think that free weights are better. Nah, nah, that's that's bullshit. That's bullshit. Free weights does not mean that an exercise is better. I would technically argue if you could do a movement on a machine instead of free weights, 
you would technically see better progress from it. The only argument I would make between free weights and machines is, is if it needs to be kind of like a functional type movement yeah. for a sport. Yeah. Because if you think, yeah, like obviously when you back squat, you need to balance yourself and things like that. If you think of any 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 kind of sport or whatever where you need kind of level change, but it's not just like straight up and straight down, you're like maybe like rugby, for example, and a scrum, you level change and then you're straight up again. Things like that, it kind of factors quite well into that. You see the average person who needs to just get half a fucking chair at work easily then jump into hack squat make things easier for yourself so i i think that wraps up episode number one yeah um this may actually go into two episodes who knows because it's like 50 minutes long yeah um, so we try and keep it to roughly about 20 minutes and that went straight out the fucking window <laughs> so th- since this is the kind of initial um the initial hello everybody we're harry and fraser episode this is going to be a much longer episode than we usually do. The rest of them are going to be like kind of short, sharp episodes. We're going to decide a topic, chat about it, and then move on. Yeah, we tried to keep it like quite short and sweet so that like you could listen to this once you do your cardio. Exactly. Or go on your walk. So if you've got like an hour of cardio today, watch this one. <laughs> You're already at the end anyway, so you've already watched this, it's fine. Perfect. And that was dad. <clears throat> Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Uh, we hope you enjoy it. And tune in next time. Ha 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 ha!